Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Geek Publican Project, a podcast about the brains behind the conservative movement. This podcast will profile conservative thinkers of the past and conservative policies of the present. Politics have become too reactionary, and this podcast is committed to bringing back rationality to the civil discourse. Thank you for listening and subscribing. In lieu of sponsors, I ask anyone listening today to please donate to the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. The Elizabeth Dole Foundation does wonderful work for our veteran community. We can never repay the debt they pay, but we can at least try. I would suggest donating $19.42 the year Robert Joseph Dole decided to dedicate his life to his country. This first episode was meant to be an in-depth policy analysis on the failures of Afghanistan, but on December 5th, a great man, a World War II veteran, a statesman, senator, and honestly should have been president of the United States, the legendary Bob Dole, passed away at the ripe old age of 98. A few months ago, I was binge-watching old debates and speeches from the 96 election, because quite frankly, I have no life, and I really fell in love with the man. This was someone who was truly the living embodiment of honor and integrity, something lacking in politics today, in my humble opinion. For our first episode, in honor of this American patriot, let's talk about Bob Dole's 1996 acceptance speech, the ideas and values that he ran on, and at the end, we're going to imagine an America where Bob Dole became the 43rd President of the United States, based on his now-archived 1996 campaign website. Fun fact about Bob Dole that you may not know, he was one of the first presidential candidates ever with a website, and you can still visit that website today at dolekemp96.org. Robert Dole was part of the greatest generation, the last World War II veteran to run for President of the United States, joining the war effort in 1942, when he was on a rescue mission in Italy. The man who should have been our 43rd president was seriously wounded by a Nazi shell, leaving him temporarily paralyzed. The injuries were extremely serious, so much so that he was not expected to live. He survived through the use of a then-experimental drug called streptomycin, which was recommended to Dole by Joe Rogan's grandfather. That was a joke, by the way. His community in Russell, Kansas, came together and helped finance his medical bills in an act of selflessness that, sadly, I don't expect repeated today. His first public office was as a Kansas state representative. Elected in 1950, he would only serve one term before being elected Russell County Attorney in 1952, followed by his election to the House of Representatives in 1960, the same year Kennedy was elected president. Dole was a civil rights Republican, voting for both the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and the Americans with Disabilities Act. In fact, Senator Dole was a vocal advocate for the disabled community, even in retirement. Now, the purpose of this podcast is not to discuss men, but rather their ideas. And honestly, 
I doubt that such a humble man as Bob Dole would want the focus to be on him. So let's talk about what Bob Dole stood for, which was best articulated in his 1996 acceptance speech. Bob Dole can really be described with one word, honor. One of my favorite lines from his 1996 acceptance speech was a rebuttal to James Carville and the Clinton machines quote of, it's the economy, stupid. Which is more important, wealth or honor? It is not, as I said by the victors four years ago, the economy, stupid. It's the kind of nation we are. It's whether we still possess the wit and determination to deal with many questions, including economic questions, but certainly not limited to them. All things do not flow from wealth or poverty. I know this firsthand, and so do you. All things flow from doing what is right. The triumph of this nation lies not in this material wealth, but in courage and sacrifice and honor. We tend to forget when leaders forget. And we tend to remember it when they remember it. Which is more important, wealth or honor? The sad truth is both parties will now tell you that it is wealth. But Bob Dole understood that morality was more important than money or material gain. Bob Dole was often branded a moderate because of his belief in what he called honorable compromise. During the federal shutdown, Dole was the good cop to Newt Gingrich's bad cop. But Senator Dole understood that there were just some things that were non-negotiable. And to those who believe that I live and breathe compromise, I say that in politics, honorable compromise is no sin. It is what protects us from absolutism and intolerance. But one must never compromise in regard to God and family and honor and duty and country. And I am here to set a marker so that all may know that it is possible to rise in politics with these things firmly in mind, not compromised and never abandoned, never abandoned. For the old values endure, and though they may sleep, and though they may fa falter, they endure. Bob Dole's fiscal conservatism was secured by his choice of Jack Kemp as his running mate. For those that do not know, Jack Kemp was the mastermind behind Reaganomics, and he will be getting his own episode in the near future. But whereas Kemp viewed economic liberty in facts and numbers, Dole saw economic liberty as a means to secure all other liberties. No one can deny the importance of material well-being. And in this regard, it is time to recognize that we have surrendered too much of our economic liberty. 
I do not appreciate the value of economic liberty nearly as much for what it has done in keeping us fed as to what it's done in keeping us free. The freedom of the marketplace is not merely the best guarantor of our prosperity. It is the chief guarantor of our rights. And a government that seizes control of the economy for the good of the people ends up seizing control of the people for the good of the economy. Our opponents portray the right to enjoy the fruits of one's own time and labor as a kind of selfishness against which they must fight for the good of the nation. But they are deeply mistaken. For when they gather to themselves the authority to take the earnings and direct the activities of the people, they are fighting not for our sake, but for the power to tell us what to do. But Bob Dole did not consider the material more important than the moral. In fact, quite the opposite. Bob Dole understood that it was our moral values that make America great. After decades of assault upon what made America great, upon supposedly obsolete values, what have we reaped? What have we created? What do we have? What we have in the opinion of millions of Americans is crime and drugs, illegitimacy, abortion, the abdication of duty, and the abandonment of children. And after the virtual devastation of the American family, the rock upon this country, on which this country was founded, we are told that it takes the village, that is, collective and thus the state, to raise a child. The state is now more involved than it ever has been in the raising of children. And children are now more neglected, more abused, and more mistreated than they have been in our time. This is not a coincidence. This is not a coincidence. And with all due respect, I am here to tell you, it does not take a village to raise a child. It takes a family to raise a child. And I'm here to tell you that permissive and destructive behavior must be opposed. That honor and liberty must be restored, and that individual accountability must replace collective excuse. And I'm here to say, I am here to say to America, do not abandon the great traditions that stretch to the dawn of our history. Do not topple the pillars of those beliefs. God, family, honor, duty, country, that have brought us through time and time and time and time again. Bob Dole's greatest strength was sadly his downfall. The Clinton machine successfully painted Dole as a relic of the past. And we all know what happens next. Bill Clinton was reelected and ended his tenure in the White House disgraced by an extramarital affair. But what if that was different? Let's go back in time to an alternate January 20th, 1997. Robert Joseph Dole has been inaugurated as the 43rd President of the United States. What do the next eight years look like? On the domestic side, 
President Dole would begin with a 15% across-the-board tax cut for every American. Rich and poor, everyone receives a cut. This was a significant campaign promise from Senator Dole, and it would most likely be a 100 days agenda item. He would also pass the child tax credit that was signed by President Clinton, cut the capital gains tax in half, and lower interest rates on households. Dole campaigned on a balanced budget by 2002, and as we all know, we had a balanced budget in 1999, so I expect the same balanced budget to occur. President Dole will also push for a balanced budget amendment, but without a two-thirds of congressional support and no will to implement a convention of states, it will most likely be a failure. On education, President Dole would propose opportunity scholarships to students in disadvantaged schools, allow families to withdraw retirement funds to pay for higher education, and establish tax-free education savings accounts. He also campaigned on a five-point action plan to combat crime, which included using the White House as a bully pulpit against drugs, building more prisons and keeping violent criminals in prison, prosecuting violent juvenile criminals as adults, making able-bodied prisoners work for 40 hours a week to compensate victims, and surprisingly for a Republican, a national instant background check for gun purchases. It is likely those last two will be challenged in the court, though it's likely they would both be upheld. President Dole would make the drug war a top national priority, but he would use more of a carrot than a stick, with a focus on keeping teens away from drugs and creating a comprehensive national drug strategy, as well as creating a Southwest Border Counter-Drug Task Force. President Dole was always a champion for the disabled community, and he would convene a convention on the employment of people with disabilities and reduce health care costs for the disabled. Dole also wanted to build a national missile defense shield, but this type of project would likely be scrapped once 9-11 occurred. And it's really hard to tell how President Dole would have reacted to 9-11 if we would have invaded Iraq or stuck with Afghanistan. But Bob Dole was a World War II veteran. He understood the horrors of war, and he likely would not have brought troops in to an unnecessary conflict. The country suffered a great loss with the passing of Bob Dole. I truly believe America would have been better under a Dole presidency. Robert Joseph Dole served his country with distinction and I hope we can all learn by the example of his character. Thank you for listening to the Geek Publican Project. Sometime next week, I will have the original first episode, an analysis on the failures in Afghanistan, not just the botched Biden pullout, but the failures throughout the 20 years of war. In the next few weeks, or in January, I'll be covering the conservative thinkers, starting with the father of modern conservatism, Edmund Burke. If you're like me, a geeky Republican, or even a geeky Democrat, and you want to learn about the brains behind conservatism, subscribe to this podcast or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Thank you for listening. I've been your host and humble servant, Sean Hartman, and together we can make America geek again.